If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Welcome to Voice Rising with Cara Johnstad. Enjoy weekly conversations with leading luminaries, pioneering visionaries, singers, poets, musicians, and sound healers as we explore the profound role our voice plays on the path to self-realization and global enlightenment. The internationally acclaimed singer, composer, author, healer, recording artist, voice expert, creator of Voice Your Essence, and founder of the School of Voice, Kara Johnstad uses her extraordinary spiritual gifts to empower others. Everything in this world vibrates. Everything has a frequency. A pioneer in the field of voice work and transformational songwriting. Her breakthrough methods are helping thousands of people worldwide fine-tune their body-mind-spirit system and unlock the energetic frequencies of limitless creativity, health, and abundance. Share your voice. Ask your questions. Join in the conversation. Receive life-changing, positive transformation and rise together to create a sound world. And here's your host, Kara Johnstad. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Voice Rising. With me in the studio today is Zoe Beck. Zoe is an award-winning, best-selling author, publisher, translator, and dubbing director. She's won multiple awards for her books and translations. And together with Jan Karsten, Zoe founded the literary publishing house Kultur Books in 2013, which also continues to sweep up awards. Today, we're going to dive into questions that I've been wanting to ask her for years, questions all about the voice. So welcome, Zoe, to the show. Hi, Kara. So lovely to be here. Yes, lovely, right? So I know that you're, you know, you're sometimes a little bit shy to say, but you are one of the most important German crime fiction authors in the moment on the market. Um, I'm, I'm just going to read these off because a lot of the people in our audience say might not know your work yet because I know that you're, I'm sure, going to have it translated into English very soon, but you won the Friedrich Glause Prize, the Radio Bremen Crime Fiction Prize, the German Crime Fiction Prize, <laughs> and yet what fascinates me is not only do you write book after book after book after book after book after book, you are involved in so many other different projects. You are a clear advocate for community. Um, you support a lot of people and empower people to bring out their own stories. You also, um, you do work in, in studios and to translate uh, scripts and to bring new scripts out. And you love Berlin Gardens and you love your cats. I, I don't, I really don't know how you do it. So, so I'm going to ask you this clear question in the beginning. What drives you? Oh, <laughs> I, I, I really don't know what, 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 what drives me. Um, I think it, it, it's got all to do with uh, telling stories. Um, I mean, I write stories, I translate stories, and I want stories to be out there for other people to, to enjoy and to experience. And um, maybe that was one of the reasons why we, um, why we uh, did this well, we had this idea, Jan and I, um, for our little publishing house. And uh, to be honest, Jan does most of the work for uh, Kultur Books. And um, I do some translations and stuff, of course. But um, well, what we do at, at Kultur Books is we want to publish international voices um, to show how diverse the literary scene is in this whole world is and to mm -hmm. to make um, all these stories available in Germany from so many other countries and um, well of course I, I only translate from, from English to German so we, we have other people um, working for us on uh, several projects so that we can 
um, Jewish stories from, I don't know, um, that were written in, in Spanish originally or Swedish or Finnish or uh, so many other languages. Um, but this is, as I said, it, it, it's about storytelling. It's about um, learning more about this about this world and about other people and um, to to get to know each other better in in a global sense, to get to know um, other cultures and um, yeah other countries to, to basically create uh, good vibes and and world peace or to have yeah. people working more together. Yeah. As a storytelling activist, you consciously look to write and publish books and stories that are about social change, or is it any kind of story that's going to bring us closer to... I mean, the, the, What do you look for when you're looking for these books? I mean, are there certain values or certain um, yeah. ethics that you, you are drawn towards? Yeah, I, th I think we have lots of um, uh, feminist voices, Mm -hmm. and um some some queer writers even mm -hmm. and um how to how to describe it it, it it's uh, writers who um often know more than just or who grew up in in more than just one country and who know um several cultures and they talk about uh, the differences of these cultures and the difficulties of understanding each other. In the, for example, we, we, we have some writers from um, Nigeria mm -hmm. and uh, the U.S. Who, who grew up in Nigeria and then um, went to school in the U.S. and then uh, went back to Nigeria and so on. And they, they, they talk about all these differences and um, the things that um, these cultures have in common but um, which difficulties they have in life, and what, for example, what does uh, what does it mean to not come from one country and maybe not have one homeland, for example, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh, mm -hmm. what does it mean to to, to feel at home? Um, but uh, often it's 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 about uh, it's not just about cultural differences, but but also about politics, of course. And um, yeah, just human human lives, human beings, just stories, really. Human life. Yeah. yeah James James Baldwin, who I'm sure you know, he said, yeah. uh, "You write in order to change the world, knowing perfectly well that you probably can't, but yeah. also knowing that literature is indispensable to the world. Right? Absolutely. The world changes according <laughs> to how people see it, and." I mean, I think that's what's so fascinating in this time is that we have, I, I don't know if there's ever been a time, I mean, I wanted to ask you this anyway, I don't think there's ever been a time where so many people could publish and bring out their stories. Yeah. It, it seems like we're in a creative renaissance as far as there is the ability, wherever you are in this world that's connected to the internet, mm. to start telling your story. Yes, uh, thanks to digital publishing, I right. think it's um, it's not so big in every country on this planet. Mm -hmm. But um, mm -hmm. digital publishing has made things, ebook publishing has made things so much easier. Um, I mean, we started as an uh, ebook publisher, and then after two or three years, um, we. Uh, we added uh, print editions to our program, not the other way around. We did not start mm -hmm. with print editions, mm -hmm. which would have been the traditional way. But for us, it was much easier to start as an e-book publisher. And uh, this is what you, you can do nowadays. And you can reach out to people all over this uh, planet. And uh, what I found so amazing during this pandemic now, so many things were possible still. I mean, you, you could not go out and, and um, go on, on, on readings. You could not meet right. people. But um, so many new networks started to... Uh, to um, oh, my God, what's the word for it? So, so many people founded new networks. For example, yeah. in um, on, on the African um, continent, 
um, the uh, South African writer Suki Swawana, she started a literature festival, an, an online mm-hmm. literature festival um, mm-hmm. called um, Afro Lit Sans Frontières, without borders, Sans Frontières mm-hmm. in French. And mm-hmm. um, so she connected with writers from all over her continent and got to know all these other amazing writers. And um, so they 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 uh, they connected with each other and they uh, got into conversations and um, they all had new ideas what to do maybe together now that they couldn't go out and, and do what they usually did. And so right. I think they all had new ideas suddenly. And that was so amazing to see this. Well, it's almost like there's a global mind that can come together, right? I mean, yeah. if we all share from all these different parts of the world, then each of us carries a little piece of maybe inspiration or an idea of how it could be done. And then if mm. somebody told me once that it just blew my mind, and that's why it's so important to to understand that this literature from wherever we're coming from is is so important because they were saying that in the country where they come from, the future is behind them because they've already experienced it, and what they don't know is the past, and that's in front. And in my growing up, the future was always ahead of me, and the past was behind. And so when we are exposed to different literature or different stories, we learn to see in different ways, which can only be enriching. Mm -hmm. Exactly, yeah. We can only learn from each other. We can only learn from each other. Mm -hmm. And in this whole big digital world, um, and on one hand, we have a lot of freedom and a lot of independence and a lot of creativity. And on the other hand, and I think you talk about this in your new book, um, but... You know, when we used to tell stories, like really big stories, like there was a man and he was so tall that he had polka dotted pants on her. I don't know. We <laughs> knew that it was a story and we knew mm-hmm. that it was a fib or it was a tall tale. And now through social media and digital publishing, um, in one way it's good if it's labeled as a book. Um, but there are a lot of people sharing stories where you don't even know if it's true or not true or fake or not fake. And we're being flooded with Mm. so many stories that a lot of people don't even know what is a story or what is real. Mm. What is your take on responsibility that we have as a writer or as a publisher to make sure that we say, oh, this is a fiction or this is a novel or this is, you know, I mean, what is, what is your take on, because we want freedom, Right, we want to be able to be feel free as writers mm. to be able to live our voices, and at the same time, it seems like there must be a responsibility somewhere connected to the freedom that we're longing for. Um, you mean the difference between fact and and, and fiction? I mean, um, usually writers say very clearly what they um, what they made up and um, what is their opinion and what they right. think is in, in, uh, an important fact uh, to, to be discussed. Um, and this is, this is so, it, it, it's so important to be absolutely clear about these things and, and to, to, mm-hmm. to make people um, understand that source checking has become so much more important, especially yeah. during the past yeah. few years. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's what I was getting at, because I think that um, a lot of people are just, a lot of people are publishing in a publishing house, so you know it's a book, but mm. there are so many stories that are starting to circulate, yeah. because everybody's able to write, yeah. and then there's a lot of, we all are so hungry, we're so hungry for good yeah. story, and uh, unfortunately, some of the stories are not uh, true, and then it creates a very... Um, yeah complicated political uh landscape um i think this is this is where journalism um comes in you 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 need in every country you need reliable brain fog insomnia moodiness weight gain maybe you think they're just part of getting older but many health understands that for women over 40 they can all connect to menopause it's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience not just hot flashes 
MIDI clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. It's true that some things change as we get older, but if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Um, very re reliable um, um, sources. You, you need very mm -hmm. good journalists and um, people who know how to how to check facts and how to to check their sources and to to go there and talk to people and make sure um this is a fact and this is just fiction or this is a story that was told but we cannot confirm that it's really true and um so journalism has uh, probably become even more important e even though many people e even world leaders <clears throat> Um, don't want journalists to do their really responsible jobs. Yeah, yeah. When you work with your writers in the publishing house, Kultur Books, and they are expressing these powerful stories, are are you able? Are you publishing books that are sometimes uh, in their countries where they might be persecuted or they might be? Let's say, because you talked about feminist rights or, mm -hmm. or feminism or transgender or, you know, giving people a place to voice important stories. Yeah. Are they safe where they are or is it a risk for them sometimes to bring their story out and publish? Yeah, well, it can be a risk. Um, we were once um, looking at a um, book from a, uh, from a Hong Kong writer Mm -hmm. And his agent had uh, sent us his, uh, the manuscript, and we were thinking, okay, this is this is a very interesting piece, and um, we were we weren't sure whether um, we were the right publishing house for it. But while we were still discussing it, um, mm -hmm. the writer had to had to say, okay, I'm not safe any longer. I have to leave the country and please um, just forget about the manuscript. Uh, it, mm. it must not be printed anywhere on, on anywhere in the world. Mm -hmm. So these things can happen. Um, but uh, in, usually these people, these writers already live in safe countries. They already had to leave mm -hmm. if it mm -hmm. was dangerous for them. They already had left their home countries and uh, now they are in, in safe uh, spaces. But um, yeah, these things can happen, and um, I, I know from from other publishers that um, they publish writers that have problems in in their countries. But um, yeah, it can happen and all the time. This again is yeah. the the amazing responsibility we have. How how a yeah. story the story can be that powerful, and the voice if you really voice your truth. Yeah, uh, it, it, you have to be very brave. Zoe, we're going to take a small station break, mm -hmm. and then we're going to be back with more right. about The Voice. Okay. The cutting edge of conscious radio, OM Times Radio, IOM FM. OM Times Magazine is one of the leading online content providers of positivity, wellness, and personal empowerment. A philanthropic organization, their net proceeds are funneled to support worldwide charity initiatives via Humanity Healing International. Through their commitment to creating community and providing conscious content, they aspire to uplift humanity on a global scale. 
connect at ohmtimes.com. Ohm Times, creating a more conscious lifestyle. With happy clients all over the world, Kara Johnstad knows that your voice is the missing link to more authenticity, abundance, creativity, and health. An internationally acclaimed voice expert, Kara's breakthrough methods have helped thousands of people successfully heal their voice wounds and extinguish the story of self-doubt and shyness forever. Join in group trainings, attend online sessions, schedule one-on-one time, and invite Kara to work with your organization and community. Get started today. Go to www.karajohnstad.com and receive a special guided meditation designed to fine-tune your inner voice and welcome you on the voice journey. This is Kathy Beal, host of Celestial Compass, featuring astrology you can use. Celestial Compass points you to what's going on in the sky and what you can do with it down here on Earth. We also explore fun, effective, and cosmic tools for navigating this adventure we call life. Join me the first and third Monday of the month at 5 p.m. Eastern Time for Celestial Compass. It's enlightening, entertaining, and empowering. Coping 19, brought to you by CDC and the Ad Council. If you're feeling increasingly lonely right now, you're not alone. It's totally normal. Even though we may not be able to get together in person, connecting virtually with friends and family still gives you a chance to interact with people and may help raise your spirits. Join a virtual book club, set up group text chats, or online video coffee breaks with coworkers. Find more self-care and coping tips at coping-19.org. Hi, welcome back to Voice Rising. I'm your host, Cara Johnstadt, and with me in studio is the best-selling author and publisher, Miss Zoe Beck. Zoe, we're talking all about um, books and also publishing and the power of story, and I want to backtrack a little bit into your childhood because um, I am a lover of great music, and I know you are too, and I believe I read somewhere that at the young age of three, you you discovered piano. I, I that, did, yes. Yeah, at three, right? Yeah. And, and um, I'm imagining you sitting on the piano bench <laughs> with your feet dangling in the air, yeah. not even being able to reach the pedals. Do you remember <laughs> that moment, or do you remember the beginning of falling in love with that instrument? Um, I actually don't remember the first moment when I um, sat in front of it, but I I believe to remember the moment um, this uh, piano was brought to our house. Mm. Um, my, my grandmother, she, she bought it, and um, she told us, me, me and my, my um, older sister, she, she told us that it came from... Um, it was built in South Africa, and um, it, it was for us to to practice. Actually, for for my elder sister, of course. And um, my sister, she was ten years old, and we were sitting there, big round eyes, and just watching this uh, piano being delivered to our house. This yeah. is what I what I seem to remember, but maybe it was just um, maybe my sister just uh, told me, and uh, this is what I remember today. But um, what I know is that. Um, when my sister started playing and started practicing every day at home, I just loved it so much, and I wanted to do exactly the same. I mean, you always want to do what your what your siblings uh, do, and you want mm-hmm. to be like them. And of course, I wanted to be like my sister, and so I just um, I, I I think I just imitated what she did, yeah, <laughs> because yeah. I liked it so much, and. Um, so my my parents decided to take me um with her to the um to to to, to her piano lessons mm-hmm. and so her teacher said um that i seemed to have a certain talent for music and and for playing the piano and um this is how i started um how i started taking lessons um when I was really, really, really young, and I just loved music and I loved playing the piano, 
and so and that's what I did for nearly 20 years. Yeah. So you weren't in South Africa, you were in no. Germany. Were yeah. you in Germany or in England? In, we, we, in Germany? Um, at that time, um, I was I was in Germany, and um, this this piano. I, I think the the company um, that produced this special piano was from South Africa, and this is all I remember. That when I was a kid, I thought, why uh, why bring a piano this long? way from South Africa to Germany. I mm -hmm. thought it was so amazing and this is why I kept this uh, uh, in mind and this is why I still remember it. That it is South amazing. African piano. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is amazing how these instruments are built and then they really spend time in people's homes all over the yeah. world and the instrument yeah. always travels normally. At least yeah. my instrument has also been to from, you know, Chicago, Berlin, Munich, all over the world. <laughs> so you started this adventure of piano and was it really, um, was it rigorous training or was it easygoing, playful? Oh, I had this Russian um, teacher. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> this is all this is all I ever have to say. I had this Russian teacher and everybody goes like, Oh my goodness, oh my goodness <laughs> Yeah. Um no but I but I liked him a lot and he liked me a lot and um yes he, he, he wasn't exactly easygoing but um the the teacher before that uh, was a very, very kind, very friendly um lady and um she thought that I was some kind of wunderkind. Yeah, some kind of yeah, child prodigy, like prodigy. Mm. yeah and uh, so when when she got pregnant and had to stop um giving lessons um i uh, she, she recommended this other teacher at this um, music school uh, mm -hmm. and said you you have to um you have to to train for concerts and you have to go out on stage and you have to do all these um I don't know if you have anything like this in the United States, uh, like Jugendmusiziert. Yeah, we have a lot of these uh, competitions. I mean, yeah. in schools we have solo ensemble, but we have, I think in the, especially in the classical world, there's a lot of yeah. um, competition. Uh, yeah. and, and, and these competitions for very, very, very young people, um, yeah. when I look back, I think they, they were really, really brutal. They weren't yeah. just, they weren't just fun they they just um looking back i i believe that they were uh they weren't meant to take away all the fun but that's exactly what they what they did you had to be so mm -hmm. you had to be so exact you had to be um you had to look as, especially as a girl way. you had to look a certain way um, and it was really nerve-wracking, and mm -hmm. maybe this is what what took away all the fun from from playing the piano, um, which I used to love. And over the years, I just um, I just became um, more and more nervous and mm -hmm. um, less secure. And I believe I would have needed a teacher just like you <laughs> um, to, 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 make me, to make me more comfortable going out on stage. But um, to be honest, my teacher, he, he was a fantastic piano player. Um, he, he, was, he, he was really, really great. And I, mm -hmm. I loved him a lot, really. Mm -hmm. he, he was a fantastic person. I'm, I'm so sorry that, that he, he, he died. I actually stopped playing um, at the moment that uh, I heard that he, he had passed away. Oh, um, okay. I, I, I really admired him. But one of his problems, or the, the biggest problem, was that he could not explain to me how to feel, um, how to feel safe on stage. Mm -hmm. And I think mm -hmm. this, this, I always lacked at that time, I always lacked a certain safety, a feeling of safety on stage. I always felt extremely threatened on stage. Mm -hmm. I felt so mm -hmm. exposed mm -hmm. and so vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Which we are, yes. Yes, yeah. Uh -huh. And he didn't, he didn't know how to, to explain it to me that I, uh, I didn't have to feel like this. He, uh, mm -hmm. Maybe he had similar problems, I don't know. But uh, he, he, he was a very nervous person like me. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. um, I mean, he he died in his forties, so he must have been quite oh, young. Oh my goodness! Yeah. And yeah. yeah, and and he he was a chain smoker, and he he only he, he seemed to live on 
coffee. <laughs> I never saw coffee, him coffee, cigarettes, drink and music. anything but uh, <laughs> coffee, or I, I probably never even saw him eat anything. So it was all coffee and and, and cigarettes. And um, whenever I had a, uh, I had to uh, play a uh, be on stage, and uh, there was a concert or a competition, mm-hmm. he was mm-hmm. probably as nervous as I was. So he was not the right person to teach. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Teach me how to feel calm and, and um, safe and uh, okay on stage. He just, he, he, he taught me how to, to, to play wonderfully. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he knew that I had a talent and and um, that I was that I was a very good piano player, but just this stage fright thing, he just couldn't do anything about it. And I I, I believe I tried everything. I I, I tried uh, meditation, but probably had the wrong teachers. I, I tried so many things, but never found the right person to to help me with this problem. And this yeah. is why I had to stop. Unfortunately. Yeah, it'll come again. I'll give you some tricks. <laughs> but, um, if you look back at at that time, I mean, you spent a lot of time, I think up until your early 20s, really obviously practicing a lot mm-hmm. and being honed into that perfection. Is it, you know, is it also that practicing that drives you as a writer? Because you are a very... I mean, you say you're not, but I know you are. To be able to do the amount of work that you do, you're a very disciplined person. You do make your deadlines, even though they might be under duress. And you do, like I said, I mean, you're not only a writer. You're, I mean, other people would, you know, in their life, they would write a book. You've written many, many books. You've written crime. You've written romance, which you probably want to forget about. You've written... Um, <laughs> Uh, I needed the money. You've written articles, <laughs> right? You've written articles, and for everybody out there, I mean, you do readings. You also do readings for other well-known authors. Mm-hmm. You are in dubbing studios. You do a lot of work. Is it that kind of um, discipline that you were trained as a kid that carries on over now into your your work life? I think so. I think it's um, the discipline you, you, you need if you want to be a proper musician. You need to um, practice more than um, the other kids who just play for fun and or, or who just play in, in order to to uh, play a happy birthday tune um, mm-hmm. for their grandparents, <laughs> mm-hmm. which is um, which is nice. 
and I sometimes wish it would have been like this with me, but but um, mm -hmm. I think my first concert was um, my first time on stage was when I was five, and my first um, my first real competition was when I was mm -hmm. six years old. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah, yeah. So. Yes, it was uh, many hours of, of, of training every day. And so um, I think I'm probably used to putting lots of effort and lots of work into something and to be really exact with things and to, yeah, to to put a lot of time into, let's call them projects. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Time and, and, and talk to us about perfection. <laughs> Is it... Is it a, I mean, I, I'm assuming now you're older and wiser, so you might find a balance. But a lot of times, you, what you were saying too with, at the piano, it's like the perfection is so important, but it can mm -hmm. also, you know, make us a nervous wreck and keep us yeah. from yeah. being in flow and yeah. having fun. Exactly. So how do you find, if we draw the parallels between music and now you're writing, um, you have a, a clear voice. You have a clear voice as a writer. You've you've gotten also, um, the critics have said, you know, you can recognize your writing style. So obviously you've honed your own style. So you have a certain idea of pattern and rhythm and, and how you want stories to develop. Um, is it easier for you when you write to find a, a playful balance or are you also do you also struggle with that perfectionist that you were trained to be yeah um trying not to be a perfectionist or try, trying not to be perfect sometimes it's um it's harder than uh <laughs> trying to, to to uh, <laughs> yeah trying to reach perfection and mm -hmm. this is this is so weird, but um, yeah, this is how I grew up, and this this is probably how I am. But but now I I really try to I try to relax. I try to um, I keep telling myself that I don't need the to to go for the one hundred fifty percent, and that maybe ninety five percent are still enough. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's uh, it, it's really hard. I have to keep keep telling myself uh, that uh, that this is. I even when when I was younger and when this uh, stage fright uh, panic attacks happened to me, I thought maybe it's because um, the piano is not my instrument. On the other hand, I had a real talent. And so I found this very confusing, and it took me it took me years to find out that it maybe it didn't have to do anything to do with the instrument, but with being on stage and how to be on stage and how the audience was. Yeah. That the audience expected yeah. perfection and expected me um, to maybe imitate something else. Mm -hmm. And um, going out with my own stuff, with my own writing, and with my own voice. And mm -hmm. I mean, we're, we're talking about uh, storytelling and, and uh, voices and, and giving right. a voice to something here. Um, so maybe, maybe it wasn't just about piano and, and the piano music. It had to. It had more to do with. Me trying to find something that had that was closer to me and closer to my stories, and, closer um, to your stories, closer to and your a different, heart, and right? a different audience, and a different audience. This audience yeah. just expected something completely different from me. This audience wanted a different person to be up there on stage and do this, um, well, which has to do with this with this classical music um, kind of audience. It's 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 a very difficult topic, but but I think I I just had to find something else for me that was closer to me, closer to my heart, and closer to better for my voice. Right. Yeah. Right. I can imagine that when you do readings, your audience is absolutely excited to know where you're going to take them. Yeah. And in the classical world, of course, everybody knows the Brach, uh, Bach yeah. prelude and yeah. C, or yeah. uh, they know the Chopin etude. And so you're always being compared. 
you're yeah. compared with the age. And as a as a storyteller and as a oh, an author, yeah. Um, they you're inventing new. I mean, a lot of your stories even take places in. <laughs> maybe you did this on purpose, but in time, in a time that's it's not even in the now or in the past. Yeah. Nobody can judge you because you create your stories in the future. I right? Yeah, the, some the, of the past, them. The past few stories were um, actually the setting is um, completely in the future, and I I think it has to do with me wanting to create my own universe. So yeah. that there is, yeah, I just wanted to do something completely new and something that belongs only to me. And uh, Which playing, is gorgeous, playing right? dead, playing music from dead composers that probably wasn't, it was too far away from me. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, or, or just, uh, just this idea that you're creating something that cannot be... Um, Again, in this competition world, it can't really be judged. It is judged because you've obviously won many prizes in its own way, but you're creating unique stories, and your voice is, is creating those stories. So we're going to take a very, very short station break, and then we're going to okay. come back and talk more right. about okay. all those good things. Bringing a more conscious lifestyle to your world. Ohm Times Radio. IOM FM. Ascending Hearts is no ordinary dating site, but a spiritual dating site with a purpose to link you with your soulmate. We engineer the serendipity so you can trust that you will attune with someone that has the same matching vibration as you. Ascending Hearts, the conscious dating site for the spiritually aware. Try Ascending Hearts for free, ascendinghearts.com. Life is a flow, and enlightenment is simply harmonizing with the way life really is. Then you find that life is effortless, benevolent, and free of all suffering. Hey everyone, this is G.P. Walsh, and I want to invite you to my brand new radio show that's launching right here on Home Times Radio called The Flow of Enlightenment. I've been a spiritual teacher for decades, and my greatest pleasure is being able to share with you these deep and highly practical spiritual ideas. So join me in The Flow every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern, and let yourself be transformed. The United States has the highest rate of incarceration in the world. At the Equal Justice Initiative, we believe mass incarceration has to end. There is this presumption of dangerousness and guilt that gets assigned to black and brown people. We have to confront our history of racial injustice and commit to a new era of truth. There's something better waiting for us, something that feels more like freedom. Truth can inspire change. Please learn more at EJI.org. Welcome back to Voice Rising. I am your host, Cara Johnstad, and with me in studio is the best-selling author and publisher, Zoe Beck. And Zoe, we left off a little bit with your, your love for story, your love for creating stories, and also how you finagled your way very creatively out of um, that stage fear moment by literally creating your own universe in your newest books. I have here a quote from your book, Germany in the near future, the coasts are flooded, large parts of the country are depopulated and nature is reclaiming deserted communities. Berlin is nothing but a backdrop for tourists. The government has moved to Frankfurt, which has merged with the entire Rhine uh, main area to become one single megacity. In those places where infrastructure exists, it works flawlessly. Virtually all life is controlled by algorithms. Everyone is fine as long as dunk, 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 they don't <laughs> ask questions, yeah. which I thought was very fascinating also to do with the voice because the voice is all about listening also and asking questions. Yeah. That is a very powerful statement. That is the that is, if for the people out there, and I maybe you share with us at some point if the book it will be released and published in the English language, but that is um, the statement that is out there. If 
They don't ask questions. They are safe. So why is, why is that statement so important to you? Why was that? Why is this universe important for you to share with us Um, at this time? Yes, I, I wanted to to show what the future might look like if we um, didn't care about the difference between um, fact and fake news mm-hmm. uh, any longer. And so um, I created a universe, or I created a time in a country where um, people had were so focused on their own lives and their own well-being and happiness and health and whatever. Um, that they just simply didn't care about what was going on in the world anymore. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so the government had, um, of course, had the chance to, to feed them with uh, fake stories just to, just to make them feel okay, just to make mm-hmm. them feel good. And this, of course, can be, if, if you lose interest in the world around you, if you lose interest in... Um, in fact, and and, and proper stories, uh, only because you think they don't have anything to do with your own life, or Mm -hmm. because you think, Mm -hmm. no, I I just don't want to hear bad news, I just want to hear good news, because I want to feel good, then um, you just lose your connection to the world, and you lose your connection to... Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in, At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Um, Yeah, to, to life. And mm-hmm. this can, this is very dangerous. You, you need to be connected. You need to to um, to know the truth. You need to to struggle and to be alert. This is mm-hmm. maybe not twenty four seven. Everybody needs to relax, of course, but um, just uh, shutting down is not the answer. And mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, this is basically what what uh, what I had in mind when I started writing this book. I mean, I find this, it's, you know, people ask me this question too, and I think it's a hard question to ask because before, I mean, long ago, we had, of course, no media channels, and then we had the whole radio channels, we had one or two television channels, then we had many, many hundreds of television channels. Mm. Now, of course, with social media, we have zillions of channels. And a long time ago, we also had gatekeepers and program directors and they also did not always show the whole picture right so we also didn't see at least in america we had many shows where they didn't show patchwork families or they didn't show multiracial couples or they didn't show homosexuality or whatever it might be right yeah and we had the news that was often showing only disaster and not the positive so yeah and i mean at the same time, we get back to this question with our voices that we can not only, you know, change in within our community, but we have this amazing reach nowadays with our stories and what we post and what we read mm. to be affected and to affect people. What is your thought? And it's a really hard question because people ask me this question all the time. They say, are you for censorship? And I say, of course, I'm not for censorship, but... I do think, I mean, and this is a question, um, if we allow any kind of fake news or fake stories or any kind of expression, let's say music with horrific lyrics, which is degrading towards women, et cetera, with, hmm. in the name of freedom of speech, it can be very harmful to our world. Yeah, I mean, uh, hateful voices are very harmful. Um, mm-hmm. If you keep hearing um, hate speech all the time, it affects your brain. Of course, you, you mm-hmm. can't just. Um, you, you. So, um, yes, how to do it without uh, without official censorship? Yeah, um, I think 
um, as a person with many followers on on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, um, we all have a certain responsibility, even even mm-hmm. if we don't have many followers. We we always always everywhere mm-hmm. in life we have a certain mm-hmm. responsibility um, to. Uh, of course, to discuss things and to acknowledge the complexity of this world and that there mm-hmm. is not mm-hmm. always a clear right and wrong when it comes to certain topics, when it comes to politics. Yeah. Um, so more of the civic conversations to really so, go back to understanding yeah, so, that but, a democracy but, but, can only happen if we yeah, really ask if, those questions. If we ask lots of questions and if we try, if we, um, yeah, if we try to go for the for the full picture as far as we can mm-hmm. get, of course. But mm-hmm. um, we need we need a very 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 clear um, a very clear. We have to to draw a very clear line to say, okay, this is not an opinion. This is mm-hmm. simple mm-hmm. hate speech. Um, right. So. Th- this must not be here in my room. This must not be here on my Facebook page so I can delete exactly. I have to yes. delete this comment because I don't want other mm-hmm. people to see it. Not because I don't mm-hmm. like this opinion, but because it's simple hate mm-hmm. speech, for example. Mm-hmm. So I, I, yeah. I think um, this is what we all can do to, mm-hmm. um, I agree. to differentiate yeah. between um, this, is, uh, this is an opinion and... Um, I may not like it, but uh, we have freedom of speech in our countries. Mm-hmm. But um, here is somebody who just wants to hurt other people and who is just full of hate and full of anger. And mm-hmm. um, of course, we need to listen to people who are full of anger, and we have to we, we have to try and see if we can still reach out to them. But there has to be the right time and the right place for this. And yeah. Often yeah. it's social a little media bit like not I always, the right place. Yeah, yeah. I always say it's a little bit like weeding the garden. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you just have to be yeah. very clear that if you don't weed the garden, you might, um, yeah, you might not have your beautiful flowers because they were eaten by some <laughs> strange worm. Zoe, um, I know this has to do also with writing, and I know you do also do a lot with film. You also do, um, you know, you you are doing scripts and, and dubbing studios, et cetera. And the studies of people's brains while they're watching movies, they show that the brain does not look like the spectator, but it looks more like a participant in the action. Mm-hmm. And everybody knows this when we're in a good book, we are inside that book. I mean, yeah. we are in, you know, we are in that main character. We are in that story. And that is why our hearts race so much with the hero or why we identify with Lassie or old yeller or whatever. So stories are that powerful because they hook and hold human attention at a brain level. It literally changes us. A good story will Mm. change us. And for me, it's like incredible that we are that connected to each other, that an author in Nigeria or in Berlin or in New York or um, uh, Mumbai can write a story and the human element is so strong that we are, that's true empathy, right? That is true empathy. So what do you think of when you write your stories and you include things like, uh, I want to create a world where we become more attentive that if we don't ask questions that we might, yeah, be, be more controlled by governments or if we don't include all people of all colors we might live a very um boring life right so what mm. do you think about when you write um I, what do i think about when i write this, this I is mean, a very hard you, question this is th- a very hard question this <laughs> I, is a very think hard it, question <laughs> okay. i think about i think about the characters uh and um yeah I probably just think about the characters and and what they want and what they need and where they want to go and what their their goal is during. This. I, I I don't know what I think about when I write. I just. But if write. we I if we know. go back to the the well, if we go back to the the question before, 
Do we have a certain responsibility as storytellers yeah. if we know that people do empathize with our characters, yeah. that we create characters that are maybe not full of hate speech, that characters yeah. that are in somehow, I always say this as a musician and I know we're, we're kind of running at the end of the hour, but um, as a musician, you know this because you are a musician and I know you love music, but things resolve. Um, there is somewhere in that whole climax and in that whole tension, there is somewhere harmony and beauty to be found. It is not only a screwed up, horrific, hateful yeah. place. Is that essential as a storytelling activist that we find a, a line inside every piece of work that is transformational mm -hmm. or that brings something better yeah. out of the muck um yes i i uh, when, when i start when when i start um thinking of my characters and of the stories uh the storyline of course i don't want um i don't want uh 100% good or 100% ba bad characters because uh, human beings are not like this, and why should characters in books be like this? I think this is this is important that you could maybe like the antagonist or hate the protagonist. This, mm -hmm. what well, at times, not all mm -hmm. the time, but mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, the ambivalence. I think is very important, and um, what's also important is um, the use of language. Because this is what affects us so much. So uh, when I describe things, I'm trying to be really, really aware of how I do it. As in, um, when, just as an example, when when my characters have to go to a hospital, then I don't want the doctors to be all male and the nurses to be all female, for example. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I I just want the the word that I I show I, I want this word to be um, to be uh, maybe a more um, just well, uh, no 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 not 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 a better place that would be wrong but uh, a more diverse place so uh, and sometimes you do things uh, unconsciously and so when I reread what I what I wrote I I try to um, to see um, did I did I do something that is so like a cliche, and um, maybe I should change it? Maybe I should uh, put different names to the characters so that not mm -hmm. everybody sounds so truly German, for example. Right. Um, so that right. not everybody is so white. And I think you can you can do a lot by um, making smaller changes during storytelling. It's not just about the big plot line, but it's about all these little details. That you have to to um, ask yourself what kind of world do I want to show, and what do I want to tell people without telling them um, in such an obvious way, way as as in um, look this world needs to be more diverse. Now you don't say that, but you just you just show it by making it by by creating a more diverse and um, by universe. also creating a strong um, protagonist who. Right, if they identify with your characters, or yeah. in if they if they're very drawn, if you're a very good writer and they're in your story, they're inside your story, then that world of diversity is also their world. Yeah, and slowly you can shape yeah. their yeah their belief systems in in many ways. Yeah, that's yeah. how it is. As mm -hmm. a strong voice in our world, Zoe Beck, and I know you're someone <laughs> who also you really speak out for. Um, voices that are persecuted and suppressed writers. You're a defender of the freedom of speech. You also are a co-founder of the Feminist Writers Network, Herland. You're co-initiator of the Action Alliance, Verlagging Rechts. You, you do so it much. publishes against racism, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. As a strong voice in this world, um, which direction would you like us to move in collectively? You have like 30 seconds, so... <laughs> <laughs> don't worry <laughs> this is not fair um so let's all be uh yeah <laughs> everything will be good no what, what can i say in 30 seconds it's probably only 10 seconds no 
I don't know. Um, five, four, three. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we well, uh, I yeah, I'm I'm sorry, that wasn't a fair question. I want to thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you um, for the invitation. For everybody, Thanks for yeah, having for me. For everybody out there, Zoe Beck, and what's your homepage again? What where can they connect with it's you? ZoeBeck.net. ZoeBeck.net, exactly. And I am sure your, I mean, your books are everywhere in German. And are they going to be in the English language at some point? I mean, I, you, I think you have I short stories. I hope so. I hope so. Uh, some short stories are, but um, otherwise in other countries. But hopefully soon in English. Yeah. Fingers yeah. crossed. Oh, maybe in, in <laughs> French and Spanish and and yes, everything. Maybe. Look, yeah. look for <laughs> Zoe Beck out there. And thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.